Hey, this is Minta, and you're listening to Mint, the podcast equipping you to run the race of faith well. I like to say that we meet at the intersection of real life and the Word of God. Together, let's find practical ways we can grow stronger in our faith, live according to truth, and love those around us. I love hearing from you. So if you've been impacted by the show or have a question or just need prayer, please drop me an email at the address listed in the show notes. Mint is listener supported, and we would be so honored if you would consider making a donation to help keep us on the airwaves. All donations are tax deductible. Simply head to our website for more details, www.amintageisler.com. Let's do this faith journey together. Well, it is part three of the Heart Attack series today, and I am just so excited by how God has already used the first two episodes to work on blockages in the hearts of our listeners. We have heard some amazing feedback. So many of you emailing and messaging about how this series has impacted you or given you revelations about a blockage you have or even provided a breakthrough for you in a situation that you've been struggling with. So yay! In fact, we had one dear listener friend and she posted that she felt like she had heart surgery and it helped her so much. And to that I say, amen. God is so good. He's so faithful to meet us in that vulnerable place and to help transform us into the image of his son. And it's so encouraging when we can hear from you. And when you let us know how you're doing, we just absolutely love it. So keep it up. Drop us a message. We love hearing from you. And before we get going today, if you haven't listened to the first two episodes of the Heart Attack series, push pause, head back and listen. Part one was all about the root of bitterness. Part two focused on the root of the love of money. And now today we're going to look at the root of pride and how that can make our heart diseased if we don't take care of it. So before we get rolling, let's pray. God, I just thank you so much for who you are and all that you've done for us. God, you made our hearts and you know exactly what is in them. You are the keeper of our hearts, God. And so we just ask today that you would give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and hearts that yearn to follow you and come in alignment with all of the goodness that you have for us, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so as I said, today we get to talk about the third and final heart attack symptom from our three-part series, and I'm going to start with a question to get you thinking about our focus for today, and here it is. Do you care about what other people think about you? I'm going to ask that again, and I want you to be honest. The Mint Podcast is a safe space where we really can just humble ourselves before God, know that we're fully seen and fully loved, and that we don't have to be perfect or even bring the pretense of (laughs) perfection. That is hard to say, the pretense of perfection to this time together because it's all about real life at the Mint Podcast. Come as you are. Everybody's welcome. And we are going to dig deep. We're going to grow our faith. We are going to be transformed. But to do that, we've got to be honest. So I'm going to ask it again. Do you care what other people think about you or your family? Does it ever affect the decisions that you make? Does it ever affect your posts on social media? Does it keep you quiet during controversial conversations? Now, I'll be honest. I know that I wrestle with this, and it's well-meaning. I want people to like me. So sometimes when I'm around my neighbors or people I don't know very well, I just kind of keep quiet about what I think about certain topics, or I don't bring up what the Bible says, or I post in such a way that I could never offend anybody. 
And I think many of us have that same desire to be liked. We want the approval of others. We want friends. We like the heart emojis. And, you know, that in and of itself isn't a bad thing. I am not trying to come down on everybody on this show. What I am saying is that when our need or our desire for the approval of others becomes more important to us than getting the approval from God, that is when we can have a heart issue. So that's what we're going to talk about as today's heart issue. The Bible calls it the fear of man, and it simply means that you fear man's disapproval more than you fear God's disapproval. Proverbs 29, 25 says that the fear of man lays a trap, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So how do we go about knowing who we fear? Well, let's dive into that and see what God has to say about it. You know, four years ago, I spent about a year walking through the book of John, and it just absolutely transformed my faith. I saw things in the book of John that I had never seen or heard before about the Christian walk, even though I've been a Christian since I was a little kid. And one of the new revelations to me was this idea of the fear of man. It was like God lifted the veil and he allowed me to see this theme throughout scripture that I'd never seen before. All throughout the book of John, Jesus points out that the Pharisees, who were the religious leaders in the day, and they were supposed to be the smartest, right? The most understanding, the most well-educated people, they were the leaders, but they had this problem in their heart. They wanted man's approval. And they wanted it more than they wanted God's approval. And Jesus catches them over and over in this need for approval. He trips them up. So I'm actually going to start in Mark, which is funny because I just talked about the book of John. We're going to go back to the book of John for pretty much the rest of the podcast. But there's a passage in Mark chapter 11 that really shows this so beautifully. So I wanted to start with that. And Jesus Um, catches the Pharisees in their fear of man. Here it is, Mark 11, 27 to 33. As Jesus was walking through the temple area, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him, and they demanded, by what authority, Jesus, are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? Jesus says, well, I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you'll answer one question. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? Now, answer me. Right, this tripped the Pharisees up. I'm pausing here for a minute to interject something here. But see, John the Baptist was pretty controversial. And he scared the Pharisees, but the people really liked him. And the Pharisees wanted the people's approval. So they were scared to answer any questions about John the Baptist. So going back to the text, chapter 11, verse 31, it says that the Pharisees talked it over among themselves. If we say that John the Baptist's authority was from heaven... He'll ask then, well, why didn't you believe in John the Baptist? But do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid of what the people would do. Because everyone believed John was a prophet. So they finally replied, well, then we don't know. See, Jesus sets a trap for them right here. He, he forces them to try to answer a question that shows where their loyalty lies. Do they fear man or do they fear God? And see, we can relate to this in this day and age because We face these same situations where we are forced to answer religious questions, but we get real nervous about it, right? Uh, We ask religious leaders, well, what is your stance on the LGBTQ community? What's your stance on divorce? What's your stance on being pro-life or pro-choice? 
silence. How many leaders are nervous to answer that question because they fear man? So I just want to point out that we still have this today. This is still going on. We might be reading about a story 2,000 years ago, but it is relevant for today. I'm going to hop back to the book of John where we're pretty much going to stay for the rest of the day and read you one more thing out of John chapter 12, verses 40 to 43. Here we go. Jesus is speaking to them and he's talking about all of the people that believe in him or don't believe in him. And he says this, many people did believe in him, however, including some of the Jewish leaders but they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue for they loved human praise more than the praise of God. So what Jesus was saying this, see, it's one or the other. You can either fear God or you can fear man. And from that fear will flow your thoughts and your attitudes and your actions. So whatever you fear actually has authority in your life because it will be the one to to govern what you decide and how you act. So who has your authority? Who do you fear the most? Is it man or is it God? And oh, buddy, is this a situation because we live in a society with a cancel culture where people will slander you, they will delete you, they will shame you, they will hate you for your Christian beliefs, they will call you names. So this is increasingly difficult because the sides are polarized. It's so different. You know, if you obey God, If you give him the authority in your life and hold fast to the word, you will absolutely not be able to gain the approval of man and vice versa. If you try to please man and hold on to what the world says that you should believe and try to please people, you will never be able to get the approval of God because they're opposite. So we are given a choice. Who do you obey? Who do you fear? John 8, I'm going to flip a couple pages back. John 8, verses 29 through 33 says this. And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me. This is Jesus speaking. For I always do what pleases him. And a little further down, he says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. So see, Jesus explains to his disciples, he says, I always do what pleases God. When I'm faced with this choice, I choose to please God. And if you're my disciples, you'll choose the same thing. In John 14, we see another glimpse of this. Verses 21 through 23, he says, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my father will love them and I will love them and I will reveal myself to them. So isn't that interesting? He even says, those who love me will obey me. And what are the implications of that? If we're obeying man, if we're more afraid of man, what does that say about our our love for God? But you know, the reason that this is a hard choice is because there's a cost here. And Jesus goes on to explain that in John 15, 8. I know this is a lot of scripture, but guys, this is the part, like the scriptures where the power is to help lift the veil and reveal where we have maybe fallen prey to this. So John 15, 18 says, if the world hates you, remember it hated me first. The world would love you as if it was one of its own, if you belong to it, but you're no longer a part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. 
See, so Jesus is even telling us here, you can love me and you can obey me, but the world's going to hate you. See, that's the problem. It's a choice. It's, it's not very fun. And so whoever that we desire to please the most, man or God, determines our actions, and it dictates whether or not we're going to obey God's word or we're going to obey the world, because you will obey who you fear the most. And this is where the danger of a heart attack comes in. Because when we live, even accidentally, not on purpose, in the fear of man, we are vulnerable and we are susceptible to the compromise of our beliefs for the sake of the approval of others. So what happens then is we are silent when we should speak up, we are immobilized when we should act, and we weave this web of ambiguity around issues that are biblically clear. That is when we get a blockage in the heart. That is why it's so dangerous if left unchecked. We live in compromise. Yikes. Are you tracking with me? Do you see the danger in this? So here's the real question. Can you identify where, if any, in your life you have an area like this? Man, the last year has provided ample opportunities for us to have to face this crossroads. Who are we going to fear, man or God? Who do you fear the most? When we're talking about COVID, when we're talking about politics, when we're talking about the LGBTQ community, when we are talking about what's going on in the Middle East, when we are talking about all of these hot button issues, who do you fear? And when others are being affirmed for their progressive beliefs about scripture, do you keep silent? Do you press the like button? Do you nod in agreement? Even if it goes in direct contradiction to what the word of God says, because we just want to keep up all of our friendships and all our relationships. What, what are we most afraid of, offending God or offending people? You know, And man, me first, when it comes to this, I've been so convicted as I've been writing this episode, is that how, how does this even happen? How does, you know, when I love God, I'm chasing God, I'm in the word. How does this creep in? It's so subtle. Sometimes we're not even aware that it's crept in. It's like that first piece of crabgrass in your lawn. You don't really notice it. It's green. It kind of blends in. But then all of a sudden you have crabgrass taking over your yard and you're like, what? Where did this come from? See, we, we don't even see it at first. So what's really at this heart of the fear of man? Where, what, what causes the fear of man and how do we fix it? Well, here's what I believe is at the root cause of this type of blockage of the heart, and it's pride. Now, if you look up the word pride, it's defined as a feeling of pleasure from your accomplishments or wanting to be admired. And that's what I want to talk about today. We inherently have pride. We want to be admired. We want people to approve of us. Pride says, man, I just want people to like me. I want people to think I'm cool. I want people to see what I've done. I want people to like my posts. That's pride. But when we let it in, it grows into a fear of man because it it makes us start to seek that approval all the time. And from it, then our obedience goes to the world instead of the word. I'm going to flip to 1 John real quickly to 1 John 2, 15 through 17. And it says this, do not love the world or the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you don't have the love of the father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, pride in our achievements. There's the word right there. Pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but they're from this world. 
Wow, isn't that powerful? We don't have the love of the Father in us when we have pride in us. And that is why it's a problem. That's why when this happens, we have to root it out because what it does is it makes us unable to have the love of the Father in us. And here is how it's so powerful to do that. I'm flipping one more time back to John. You are getting um, a word today from the book of John, are we not? John chapter 9, 39 through 41 says this. And Jesus is talking to the Pharisees when he said this. I entered the world to render judgment, to give sight to the blind, and to show those who think they see they're blind. Some Pharisees were standing nearby. And remember, we've already shown the Pharisees are full of pride. They have the fear of man. The Pharisees asked him, are you saying we're blind? If you were blind, you wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied. But you remain guilty because you claim you can see. So what we find out in this passage is that pride blinds us. It makes us unable to see the pride that we have in our heart. Isn't that ironic? If we don't have pride, we don't see it. But if we do have pride, we can't see it because the pride blinds us from seeing it. So then what do we do? How do we find out if we have pride in our hearts if we can't see it because the pride that we have blinds us? Well, I want to just talk about three quick things, three practical things that I think we can do to start to find out if there's any pride in our hearts. And the first thing is this, humility. And that is simply taking a stance of openness before God, falling on our knees in surrender. Humbling ourselves means that we ask God, man, show me anything that offends you, God. That's Psalm 139. Point out anything in me that offends you, God. Show me where I have pride that that needs to be rooted out. Show me where I've been blind. Show me where I'm seeking approval. Show me where I'm more afraid of man. Proverbs 18, 12 says, haughtiness, pride, goes before destruction, but humility precedes honor. See, humility is the remedy. If we can humble ourselves before God, ask him to correct us. Isn't that hard? God, show me where I'm wrong. That is not a fun prayer to pray all the time. We don't want to believe we're the problem. We want to believe somebody else is a problem or circumstances are the problem. God, show me where I need to be corrected. And then we give God the authority to actually point it out and help change us. And when we do that, he will because he is so faithful. He's so good. He's so caring. He's slow to anger. He's compassionate. He meets us in that place and he helps us. That requires us to be willing to be corrected. It requires a stance that puts us underneath God's authority. And I think a real simple, practical way to do this is literally get on your knees some morning when you're praying and just say, God, show me what I need to change. God, show me if I have pride. It starts there. It starts by taking that humble position. The second thing is confessing our pride. So once we have been revealed or been shown if we have any pride in our hearts, the next step is to confess it. Just go to God and say, man, God, I am so sorry. I realize now I have pride. Will you forgive me? Will you help me? But just to confess it and to speak it out loud and to acknowledge it before God, there's so much power in that. And um, truth time here, I have to do this. As I try to grow my ministry, I often get discouraged and I wish I was getting more likes and I wish I was getting more plays on the podcast and I wish I was getting more people commenting. I wish I was getting more people sharing. I, I wish that I had more of man's approval. And that's then that's what drives my posting. 
Then I just try to go for likes and that's never good. It's well-meaning. You know, I want to grow the podcast, not for myself, not for Minta. I want to grow the podcast so that as many people as possible can see and hear and know about the grace and the mercy and the love and the compassion of my father. But it goes off track sometimes as I'm trying to get that message out of there. And so I have to confess. And I say just simple prayers like this. Oh, Lord, I realize I did it again. God, I don't do this ministry for me. I do it because of who you are, God, and how amazing you are. So, Lord, I want you to be my sole aim. I want your approval. Use me however you want, God, even if no one else approves. I I offer all I have, God, even if one person listens. I'm not here to be famous. I'm not here for Minta's glory. I'm here to serve you, God. All I have for for your name to be made known. And that's what confession looks like. It's just bringing it before God and saying, whoops, God, I didn't even realize. I didn't even see it. My pride blinded me to what I was doing, but God, I see that I have pride. And when will you, will you help me? And I just want to, a quick side note here, and that when we are in this stage of humbling ourselves, humbling ourselves before God and confessing to him, it really, really, really is imperative that we are in the word of God. The word of God is like the scalpel that you need to do heart surgery, right? That is what allows the Holy Spirit to point out in us what needs to change. Because when we read, we'll be convicted by the Holy Spirit, and then his power can come into our life by the power of the words, and we will be inspired to be like Christ, we'll be empowered to live for the approval of God. The word is a scalpel. And if you don't know where to start, start in the book of John. Learn from Jesus. Watch the greatest man who ever lived who only did things for the Father's approval, no matter what. Man, the world is never going to give you this message. The world is not going to tell you to humble yourself. The world is not going to tell you to get rid of pride. In in fact, it's going to tell you to be proud of yourself and to tell everybody about your accomplishments and to get as many likes as you can. And so the only place that you are going to be reminded of this message to root out pride is in the Word of God. And it is literally the life-changing power. It is the scalpel that's going to cut you, but it's going to heal you, right? It's going to cut with the intent to heal. The word of God is so imperative here. If you really uh, want God to show you where in your heart you can work on this, start in the word of God. It's going to be so powerful. And let me just recommend the book of John. I can't say that enough. Like I said, I wasn't even really aware of how big a problem this was uh, until I read this book and saw it for what it really was. So, And then finally, I just have one fun thing that I think you can try, and it's this. Do something for God's approval alone and offer it up as a gift to him. Just start with one thing. Do it out of obedience and don't post about it. Don't share about it with anybody. Don't tag anybody in it. Don't call attention to it. Just do it quietly and respectfully to God as an act of worship for his approval. I'm talking about like sing loud when nobody's there to look at you in a church service. Sing loud when you are standing in your bathroom and worship God alone. Give to some organization that needs it and don't tell anybody you gave that money. Just give that money. Serve your neighbor, mow his lawn, and don't even tell him it was you. Just do it when he's not around, but do it for God alone. Say, God, I am doing this for you and for your approval. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I don't care if anybody else sees it. God, this is for you. And I want this to honor you alone. I guarantee that is going to bring a smile to your father's face and the reward will be waiting for you in heaven. So those are three 
practical ways that we can work to begin to root out pride. And that's to humble ourselves, to confess if we have pride, and then to do things without the need for recognition. I think those are just three great practical ways we can begin to have heart surgery and to lift the veil so we can see if we've been blinded by pride and if we're really living for the approval of man instead of living for the approval of God. Because when we live for the approval of man, our heart is blocked from us walking out our calling to love God and to love others. That is why we're here. This is hard work that we're doing on this heart attack series, but this is important work because the heart has to be fully functioning, fully flowing, fully healthy. If we want to be able to run the race of faith well and love like we want to love. I hope that this heart attack series has been as impactful for you as it has been for me. I hope that you have learned about the root of bitterness, about the root of the love of money, and about the root of pride. I hope that this has been a really good heart checkup. I hope you've seen maybe some areas where you need surgery or maybe some areas that you just need to get a little heart monitor on, so to speak, because that's why we do this at the Mint Podcast. This is what we are all about, is that we want to equip you to run the race of faith well. And I am so honored that I get a chance to spend time with you and chase Jesus with you because this journey is not easy and we need each other. So thank you so much for tuning in and for being willing to humble yourself and examine yourself during this series, being willing to run the race alongside me so that we can love others well. It matters, friends. I just want to pray a blessing over you as we go. God, we just thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for how you love us. God, we thank you that you know our hearts fully, but you love us fully anyway. And so God, as we come out of this series with a new awareness of what problems we could have in our heart, will you help us, Lord, to be able to diagnose what is going on inside of us? And Lord, that we would have the courage to do the hard work of changing and of cleaning out our hearts so that, God, we can run the race well and that at the end of the race, we can stand before you and hear, well done, good and faithful servant. God, we love you and we give our hearts to you as an act of surrender. For yours is the glory alone, God. In your name we pray, amen. You've been listening to Mint, the podcast dedicated to making spiritual things practical. If you want more information about Mint or Reckless Abandoned Ministries, you can just head to our website at www.amintageisler.com for more information.